Hello and welcome back to our podcast on Wealth Magic. This is Mars, and I am joined today by our very own Pixie Dust. Hi, Pixie. Hey, hey guys. And, and Jasmine. Hi, Jasmine. Hello. And folks, today we're going to be discussing the fifth ritual of Wealth Magic, Changes in Competition. Now, before we get started, I want to do a quick recap. Wealth Magic is a powerful grimoire developed by Damon Brand and his colleagues over at the Gallery of Magic. Uh, the goal of the book is to take the occultist through a, a, a journey of rituals over a course of six months to enable a life of unlimited wealth. The first ritual, uh, as we discussed, was part of an alchemical rite, and it was designed to remove the blockages that exist within the occultist. The second ritual forms a pact with three powerful angels that render the occultist omnipotent. The third ritual puts the, puts the first two to the test, actually by facilitating an environment that is conducive to allowing money to flow into you and through you. Mm. And lastly, the fourth ritual is with the Archangel Raziel. And in our previous discussion, we, we talked about how the ritual provides the intuition and awareness needed to perceive the forces that are outside of your control to better analyze opportunities that are in harmony with what you are commanding. So without further more, why don't we start to discuss changes in competition? I'm pulling out my book as we speak and kind of going, going through it really quickly. The ritual itself looks pretty similar to the first working. And as you can see here, the sort of the deviation that um, we see is a, is a talisman as well as a few other things. But this working, as it states in the first chapter, the first sentence, is aimed at stimulating change and growth in your life and will also help defeat the competition. Pixie, what are your thoughts on this ritual? I know that you're, you, you're, you're sort of uh, in the process of redoing Wealth Magic again, and, and I think um, you're currently on the fifth working. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I am. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, it's kind of cool that this is aligning with uh, me being on the fifth working. So, and I, I had highlighted uh, when I, and I'm doing wealth magic for the second time too. So I had highlighted the second time around, you know, that this, that you may find the sentence in the beginning where it says, you may find this an ideal time to launch a new project, begin new marketing or put out the word about your skills. And honestly, right before I had started this ritual, I was at a point um, with one of my jobs where I had built an Instagram page um, to market myself for freelance piano lessons rather than, you know, working for the studio that I'm working for. Um, so just already kind of going into it, like I had that kind of precursor of an idea um, of this business, you know, more or less that will, one, make my time more of my own, and two, I, I'll make more money, you know, because I'll be able to keep 100% of the profit rather than having to split with a studio. So that being said, um, I, like you said, this is, this ritual is similar to ritual one um, in the sense that it keeps essentially like from the names, from the beginning, you know, that I'm grateful for all that I have. I'm humble and revel in the words of power to the, from the names, you know, noticing the darkness and all that. We'll get into that a little later. There's a lot of similarities, um, but what I think I think the main thing, the main difference between rituals one and ritual five is the level that the magician is at when doing these rituals. 
So, um, you know, in ritual one, we, it's, it's slightly different. You have to go collect the dirt, you know, or the soil. Um, and I, I found, I got it kind of got caught up in listening when we re-listening to the first one um, and the symbolism between just one and five, just the numbers one and five um, as they relate to ritual one and ritual five. So ritual one to start is um, uh, Yasmin had said something in our ritual one podcast about it being, it symbolizes from the black pole, it symbolizes an initiation, the ritual. So ritual one would be like the first initiation, you know, into this journey of wealth magic and into uh, the book altogether. And then ritual five being kind of copy and pasted this uh, somewhat similar ritual is almost like the second initiation, you know, like you've leveled up. So we're going into a second, another tier of, of this wealth building, if you will. Um, and then I, I'm, I really, my, my brain loves symbolism. I see symbolism everywhere. So that's kind of like my thing. So with this, um, you know, I was looking at numerology and number one, you know, symbolizes the sun, the beginning, uh, the all, um, unity uh, symbolizes creativity in the individual, um, whereas number five symbolizes Mercury. So first of all, which is the planet of communication. Um, and in this ritual five, you know, we have a moment of visualization where we're, we're sensing and feeling our lives in the future um, a year later, you know, so it's almost like communicating future intense in ritual five with the uh, symbolism of Mercury. And also five is like the number of harmony and balance. You know, we have the five fingers, five toes, five senses, um, and it's the fifth element of spirit. So I thought it was interesting with the first ritual, you know, we're in being initiated and we're bringing soil from the earth, you know, it has to be returned to the earth to start this ritual. And then in ritual five, when we do the same thing, we don't use any props, you know, we're not gathering soil or anything. What we're doing is we're we're visualizing, imagining our lives in the future. So we're kind of using that air element, you know, and um, which is more so aligned with spirit um, in order to kind of continue the manifestation of our, of our lives and of, our, of the direction that our um, life is going due to this ritual. So um, I could keep going a little bit about this, but I don't want, I want to let somebody else talk to you, but yeah. Um, very yeah. interesting point, but I want to definitely, I want to definitely um, pick Jasmine's brain really quickly. But I, I think some of the things that you said, you really nailed it, Pixie. Um, the, the, the first thing that comes to mind is the, uh, the, the alchemical process as it relates to, um, you know, some of the things you were saying, which is, spirit you know all of these things are pertinent for the alchemist when they are um creating elixirs or even 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 the the, the mythological meaning of what what, a, what an alchemist is which is the pursuit of turning base metals into gold and um ironically this this ritual does share a lot of the components of ritual one um and it, it just it, it it just so happens to be an alchemical right as it as it's in itself. So I, I think you really know this. That's pretty interesting. But but Pixie, uh, I'm sorry, Jasmine. We um, I know that we've discussed in Ritual One that 
this, you know, the, the foundation of the core of, of this ritual actually comes from the black pullet. Um, yes. What, what kind of, like, what kind of uh, research or, or uh, essentially how, what kind of elements is it bringing from, like, what, why, why do you think the Gallery of Magic chose the black pullet? And why do you think this is a core part of the process in, in the journey? Well, I mean, this is this, um, how you call it, obscure book, right? <laughs> and um, this obscure grimoire. And well, like you've mentioned already, it's, you know, in, in the first ritual, you have this initiation to the spirits that are supposed to bring you gold and wealth and all these things. And then again, it's, it's, I agree with you both because you said the magician is at this different point of the journey, right? So now the talisman, comparing it to the first one, is slightly different. And this is the eighth tal um, the eighth talisman in the black pullet. And um, I mean the inside part. And then the outside, I guess, is the same as what you always have to have on this uh, wand, you know, to, to do this uh, operation. And then, um, yeah, this 32 is much more condensed than the first one, because like Pixies mentioned, or, or Mars, one of you mentioned it, like there, there's no earth of pick the picking up of the piece of the earth and all of that it's not there but they're going straight to um you know i am grateful for all that i have blah 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 and then straight to the part of the ritual where you say you know these words in this weird language right i, I don't know if it's latin by the way i don't i don't think so it is it is actually latin and i have the translation Oh, no, 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 not the, not the alchemical, right, I mean, before, those, those weird words, but, or their spirit name, oh. I guess, and the, uh -huh. but anyway, the, the first part is identical to the first ritual, and the reason why is, is, um, I had this marked in the book, um, all these words, Sina, Misas, Tinaim, Orsel, Misantos. I mean, let me just go to the black pillar and refresh your memory what this is. It's, um, you know, this old man is talking or this Arab man is talking to the other man. I'm sorry, I have not reread the whole black pillar again, but what I marked in the book is the old man noticed that the spirit's light dazzled my eyes. When you have been initiated into the mysteries of wisdom, you will be able to contemplate this fire without danger and even to stand the rays of the sun. Let us begin the initiation. Let us stand. And then the words again, Sina, Misas, Tanaim, or Selmisantos. So that's the initiation. And then, um, uh, be without dread or fear, the old man said, my father, am I not with you? Your answer pleases me. It proclaims confidence. You will now test the effects of it. He then said, tomatos benacer elianter. So same thing as the first ritual. Is the initiation right? And very important. 
he stopped in front of every spirit and said to me, repeat with, um, repeat with me, Litao Isar Osanas. And those are the words that we are supposed to say uh, seven times in the first ritual and in the fifth ritual. I obeyed and each spirit bowed saying Nanter. They were 33. So I guess it gives you power to control these spirits. That's why you say these words seven times. You know what's most interesting too? Um, that, you know, as we continue to discuss more and more about this and, and its root in alchemy, um, we, we also observe that, you know, that, okay, so what is alchemy, right? Alchemy was rooted in, uh, in a complex spiritual worldview, you know, where everything around us contains some sort of universal spirit. And so metals were believed to not only be alive, but also to, to grow inside the earth, right? And, um, and, and, you know, this is where the whole thing of alchemists um, um, turning base metals or turning lead into gold became so popular. Um, but to the, anyway, to the alchemists, right? Metals were not really so much of a unique substance that were part of, you know, the periodic table. It was, it was more so a refinement uh, of their way to spiritual perfection. And it, it just seems that the way we're using um, this alchemical process in both ritual one and ritual five is it seems like we're actually doing kind of the reverse where uh, we're acknowledging the fact that yes, that these metals, you know, in this case, gold that already exists, um, it looks like we're somehow commanding it. Hmm. Uh, this, is, this is entirely my, my, my theory, right? I'm not saying hmm. this is the way it is, but I'm just saying like, if an alchemist believes that gold has a spiritual life or contains, uh, I, I should say, some sort of spiritual uh, universal spirit, uh, call it an elemental, call it whatever it is, then the right gives you the ability or the or the or the um, the the what's the word I'm having a, the the ability basically to to command those spirits so that they come to you. the physicality of the object the metal itself actually contains some some sort of spiritually mature um, presence right and so what I think is happening here with the first and the fifth ritual is actually um, kind of building off that same core theory but it's saying that you know you don't need to be an alchemist to command these forces um you can command these forces and attract them in a way that these spirits come to you just like any spirit that you call out you can do the same with money but of course with the alchemical process there is uh there is there are things that you have to prepare, right? You have to be duly prepared. You have to, uh, much like, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure how, how much we're aware of uh, alchemy and, and, and the process thereof of it, but it's a very intricate process. Um, one that involves uh, a lot of cleanliness, sterilization. Um, when you're making um, things like advanced elixirs uh, or, or practicing the, the right itself, um, the, um, the whole, the whole goal and the whole intent of the, of the occultist is to, 
bring about the changes needed with uh, with with the alchemical process. And and like I said, I, I know I keep repeating myself here, but I think what I think what this you know book one and book five or ritual one and ritual five are doing are um, kind of the opposite there. Um, uh, time out, guys, real quick. <laughs> I think I messed that one up. So you may have to really fit, you might have to chop that one up a little bit there because I kind of lost my thought when I was transitioning back here. Um, no but if you guys want to take over it, go go ahead, go now. Okay. Um. So, so yes. Then you know, thinking of the ritual structure. Then again, yeah, you know, we do the initiation same as ritual one, just a bit more condensed without all the extra stuff. And then we go into the alchemical rite, where we, you know, call this gold or, you know, or the power to transition things like an alchemist. And then after, um, you are told to imagine the sun, imagine it as a vast ball of heat and flame, siege thinking, it becomes a star, moves into your heart and resides there, blah, blah, blah. And imagine having this power and then gaze at the talisman in front of you. Imagine it aflame, the black lines become bright with the heat of fire. Let the fire die down to a bronze colored light, called clearly with authority. So now, like I mentioned, it's the eighth, it's talisman number eight in the black pullet. And those characters that you see on the talisman um, are on the inside, in um, on the galleries, talisman, mm. and and then what is on the ring? Well, you you'll recognize it if you're looking at it, and um, yeah, then you you call clearly and with authority. And as you say the words, know that you are summoning spirits who will make competition fall away and propel all your projects forward. So first of all, the gallery in their other books, they, they always say, oh, imagine the sun, it moves into your heart as something they do, they incorporate in a lot of their books. And I think it's because they're a little lazy to do the middle pillar. <laughs> so, so they take kind of that out of it, you know, it, whoever of you who is familiar with the middle pillar knows what I'm talking about, but because the gallery doesn't involve a lot of preparatory work, you know, as more traditional ceremonial magic. So they do this, the imagine the sun and the light. And yeah, the I have to read from the black pullet so you see where I'm taking this from. So it's talisman number eight, and it will serve to activate as many spirits as you wish to undertake or to stop operations which would be contrary to you. The magic words are Sorami Saitox Eliastot. So again, they are saying in other words, stuff that would be not to our benefit that other people are doing, in other words, competition. This is how the gallery interpreted it, and that's why they chose this talisman to make the competition fall away and make you come out on top, basically. 
And those yeah. are either the spirit names or words of power to call these spirits. The black pullet doesn't explain that, but that's what this is. Those three mm -hmm. words. I yeah, really agree with that interpretation. Go ahead. Pick. I just wanted to say really quick, it came to mind um, that as far as like an example of the competition falling away uh, while I'm on this booth working um, is I, for example, I mentioned earlier that I teach piano lessons at, through a studio right now and just had the realization that in the last week or so, uh, maybe, maybe a couple weeks, um, one of my students um, you know, I teach on a certain day of the week and he wanted to move to Saturdays. So there's another teacher on Saturdays. I think there's maybe two piano teachers at the store. I honestly don't know, but he may do another teacher, you know, just that could cater to his time. Um, but then recently, just like within this last week came back to me, um, because I guess I don't, I don't exactly know. I don't think maybe he likes the other teacher, uh, or something, you know, so that just kind of is an example just right there of, um, changes in competition, you know, and how maybe this other teacher, you know, I don't necessarily feel at competition with her. Um, you know, I don't really don't even know who she is, but it's funny that like one of my students had left and then came back just in the meantime um, because of whatever unsatisfaction he was experiencing with this other person doing the same thing, you know? Uh, so just one example that I've experienced firsthand while doing this. Um, you know, so therefore I get to keep that student and keep the money from that student and, and, and yeah, so. Wow. No, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, kind of interesting. Because this stuff works, you know, it works, I feel like, in the past, present, and future at the same time. Yes. Definitely. And, and, and the Gallery of Magic overemphasizes that, you know, they, they, they describe that how, you know, these spirits, uh, that the time isn't linear for these spirits and that. Um, they're able to traverse it in such a way that can instigate change from every angle. Um, and, and I can't tell you enough how many times I've uh, thought back to even my childhood when it came to, um, especially during like, during parts of like ritual two and ritual four, um, you know, I, I thought about my, about how like um, a lot of the things that were actually happening during my childhood um, which I thought were just, you know, coincidental at the time until I realized what the power of these spirits uh, were doing, um, that I realized that, you know, hey, they were actually going back and, and, and doing some of these things. And, and some, and, and some of the, and these things that I'm talking about are, are, were, were pivotal to my success today. Um, wow. And um, no, it's, it's, it's a thing, you know, and <clears throat> I think about this ritual too, and you know, it, 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 it's, it's an amazing ritual. Competition's always going to be there. And, and I think that when you start to go into later rituals, like, you know, wealth and honor um, and stuff like that, you'll really start to see the benefits of how this ritual kind of works out for you. Because um, as far as competition itself, you know, not to say that if, you know, if I started a new project today, um, you know, that I wouldn't, you know, that I, I'm not, not saying that it's going to be a flawless victory as far as a startup or anything, but I've, I've noticed that the, the, there is a very distinct way uh, at, at which things kind of work out in your favor in the end. And you don't need to start a big project. You can really just put your mind to just about anything, you know, and, um, and, and, and this ritual retroactively works. It, it works in such a way that it eliminates 
any any blockages um, that would be brought to you by any sort of external competing forces. Um, I have numerous things that I could talk about, all of which, uh, ironically, I can't remember at the moment. But things that, you know, I've said to myself, wow, I really made this look easy. And, you know, it's because I've got the backing of the universe, you know, and a strong pack that I'm going to let go of all of my fears um, attributed to this, to this, to this working. So, you know, we've talked about how this thing is an alchemical, right? And we talked about how, you know, the obvious, the obvious meaning being it, you know, it's, it's, it's going to eliminate your, your competition. Mm -hmm. Um. I think obviously very important to have a skill that you, you need if you want to be successful. Um, you know, I, I, I can't help because I'm so humble, right? I can't help but think sometimes in a way I feel kind of bad <laughs> for others who, you know, in a way like you have an upper hand and it's a good thing to have. And you also have with, with great power, here's what I'm trying to say. With great power comes great responsibility. And you need yes. to know that with this kind of power, be humble. Yeah. Don't, don't play around with this. This is serious business. This is high magic. And yes. Yeah. You know, make <laughs> sure that you're, you're making the right decisions. Yes. I do just want to jump in on what you have to say really quick um, and stress that this is, yes, like you said, this is high magic, you know, and, and it can be miraculous. I mean, for a lot of people. Um, and that's probably why it doesn't fall into everyone's hands. You know, and I, I've had the same thoughts, you know, uh, also because I'm so humble all the time, <laughs> but uh, uh, just in, in the fact that, you know, I, I mean, yes, we put this information out there on the internet, you know, these podcasts and like, I have my own sort of videos, but Sometimes, you know, I, I, I don't because I know they won't have any interest probably, but I want to be able to share this maybe with some friends, you know, that I know are struggling, but it's not the answer for everybody, you know, and, and I, I want to stress that with as much as this magic for the magician and for us and, you know, the, the users that we have to take action too. We have to physically get the ball rolling in this reality you know and we do have the backing of the universe but if we just you know let go of our fear and stay stagnant then we haven't we're not accomplishing anything I mean maybe maybe I don't know maybe it'll work its way into your life somehow but for me I have to take action you know I have to um have my intentions and and be ready with the idea that i need to be responsible for making them come to life with it, you know, with or without the magic, it's almost like you should do this without thinking that the magic is going to help. And then, you know, the magic will help. And then it, you know, kind of all just will flow into being more naturally. Um, but, you know, as much as this can do for us, we also have to do it for ourselves. Um, and that just also comes with showing up, you know, every day or every other day and performing the ritual. You know, that's an action in the wealth creation by itself, too, regardless of what we're doing outside of outside of the magic. But, um, you know, I just don't don't want anyone to lose focus or lose or, or keep gain the idea that the magic's going to do it all, you know, and that we just all we have to do is say some words and, and look at some some pictures, you know, um, 
there are steps that need to be taken too. And maybe they're easier steps because of the magic, but there's steps nonetheless. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Very and, <laughs> and especially yeah. if like in this ritual with it being the changes of the comp of competition, you know, um, and kind of getting towards that later end of this book entirely. So. You know, I found the ritual to be pretty low key. I didn't mm -hmm. really sense much out of it. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, I'm I, I'm also I also don't feel a lot of things when doing when I'm doing magic, but I know Pixie. I know you're doing it um, again for the second time. And um, where are you at right now as we speak? Where where how many days in are you in it? Um, I did, today was my 11th day, so um, I've got six more days after this, so you're supposed to do it for 17 total, and um, you know, I, I don't, I haven't noticed, like, sometimes when I've done some of the other rituals, and maybe it just depends on my magical state of mind that day, you know, too, but I haven't always, I haven't really, it is pretty low-key, you know, I haven't noticed any super strong, crazy connections, you know, or, or any sort of, like, uh, crazy visions when I'm doing the, the uh, year- in the future visualization, you know, I mean, I, it's just kind of, it's just kind of there, you know, and sometimes I don't feel much of anything and I have to just trust that it worked. And, and, you know, maybe even sometimes I get a little distracted. And I think that's something that we, that can be talked about too, is like, you're not always going to be totally, totally focused. Like, yeah, you should be, you know, that's, that's the ideal. Um, but you know, we're human and sometimes my cat meows in the middle of a ritual and I'm like, or, you know, or she's scratching at something and I have to like get her to cut it out. But regardless, you know, I'm still in the ritual and I come right back to it. Um, but, and, and they, the gallery of magic does a really great job and of stressing this. And for me, um, as a beginner magician, when I came into this stuff a few years ago, it really helped me with when they said stuff like, you know, you may not feel anything. Um, like you may not sense a shift in the atmosphere. You may not feel you know, the presence of the angels or the spirits, and that's okay, just know that the magic has worked, you know, and, and sometimes I do feel this connection or whatever, and sometimes I don't, you know, but regardless of what I feel during the ritual, I need to maintain the same belief and the same trust in the universe and in the magic that it's working, or that I did what I needed to do, um, and I did my best, and then that's all I could do, you know, so, this one, I don't know, I don't notice any, you know, I'm not like totally like awestruck with a sensation or a feeling. It's just kind of a casual ritual. And I, you know, just need to not second guess myself or second guess the ritual because just because I don't necessarily feel something every time. You know, there was something you just said that made me think about another aspect of the fire. Um, uh, the analogy it uses, the venerating fire, uh, which, by the way, is described also in the Latin too. That you know we haven't we haven't discussed yet, but uh, we'll leave the Latin um, translation in the in the description here of this of this um, of this um, podcast uh, episode, so that you can read it for yourself. But. How do you create, uh, uh, how, how do you become engaged in an atmosphere where you have competition? 
And how do you become and how do you become how do you induce an environment where you're susceptible to change? And I think we've all said it here time and time again that it's all about taking action. That you can't just sit around, you can't just wait for the results to kind of come about. It really does, you know, fire is about action. Um, and, and, I, and, you know, the elements in, uh, are pretty clear about what this ritual is suggesting. Um, if, you, if, if you're not willing to go out there and put your neck out on the line, at least, to try to instigate the changes that you need, yeah, whatever. You're going to get some competition. People are always going to have something to say about you, especially when you're, you're glowing. Mm -hmm. But just focus on what you're doing, you know, and focus, you know, continue to focus on taking action. What does taking action mean? That can mean anything. Where are you at right now in life where you think that you need to change and forget the competition part, but just focus on where you are at life. This could mean you're, you know, maybe just graduating from um, college, or you've, you're, 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 you're in a job that you've been doing for years and you're looking for changes. And it's all gonna come down to what are you willing to do? How are you going to meet the universe in the middle to accomplish what you've set out for yourself? And so, the book, the beginning, the beginning of the chapter, it really tells the occultist, hey, right now might be a great time to start a project. I think it's a very mm -hmm. subtle subliminal. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, go out there, go take risks. You're, you know, it's never too late. There's never going to be a time where it's too late. Yes. Um, always take action. Yeah. The, the yeah. thing is, you know, the time will pass anyways. Because many people, they they uh, they can never leave the hamster wheel life, and they're they're unhappy, and they say, no, I don't want to start. It's too much work. It's gonna take forever. But the time is gonna pass anyways. <laughs> so, so yeah. you might as well take action, especially if you decided to do magic for five months straight. Like, hey, take some action in the three D world, please. Don't miss mm -hmm. the opportunity. Right, because this magic, when we do this magic, it's not working in the three-dimensional, you know, in the third dimension. It's working in, I don't know, the fifth or, or above the third. And we need to do our part as beings, you know, in the third dimension um, to make those manifestations happen, you know, to um, take what we're being given um, intuitively or, or magically and 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 go from there you know um, and let's see never mind well, I was it okay sorry let me I was reading in the front of All the good book. points yeah I just one more thing on this point I guess um, you know it said that uh, where does it say it just says you know if you like being while doing any of this magic, like being directed to particular industries is far too restrictive. And, and, and just in this, you know, like we need to keep an open mind and into what direction it's going. And, and both times I've started wealth magic, you know, the first time I was 
really at a point of like, I have no idea where to go from here or what I even want to do. So this seems like, you know, what do I have to lose? And this time, you know, it was almost like I'd reaped some of the benefits of the first wealth magic and was at a point of um, almost stagnancy in, in the new foundation and realizing that like, okay, this is what I've manifested. And yes, I'm so grateful for this, but this is not all I want to manifest. And I need a little help with the direction of what it actually truly is that I want to do from here. Um, and, and I have to be open-minded. I mean, this, you know, like I was mentioning to you guys earlier, this one, this job opportunity that I have coming to me in January is nothing like anything I've ever done before. I never would have ever thought that I'd have an interest. And I honestly don't even know if I will have an interest yet. You know, it might not, it might not work out. It might be just a, um, you know, something for now, but it, but then again, it might. And, you know, we just need to not shoot anything down just because it's being offered to us. Um, and we don't think it's for us. Like when I first got this job offer, I was like, I honestly did turn it down. Cause I was like, mm, I don't know, but it was also when I had restarted wealth magic for the second time. And I saw regardless of me turning it down, which maybe it was just stupid of me to turn it, turn it down, which I didn't because I reconsidered. But at first, you know, I was going to, and even though I did recognize it as uh, an outcome of wealth magic, um, but maybe it was my ego that was like, no, nah, you know, nah, that's not really what you want or for you. But realistically, it could be, or it could be um, a path that leads me to what is meant for me, like even more so. Um, you know, so we just can't be limited in our thinking and, and like, if we try to direct it, I think, towards a specific industry, then we might be met with disappointment in the end. That's a very valid point. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. Never know. So I think, I think we have just, just to, let's do a quick recap. Um, I think what we have uh, essentially um, confirmed is that this ritual is basically sort of uh, at its core, it's very similar to ritual one. Uh, whereas, you know, we, I think we can all agree this is, a, this is a, an alchemical rite of sorts um, focused on instigating changes within the occultist and 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 we're noticing that um there's a very distinct way that it's being done by the way um whereas the alchemists instead of um preparing themselves in a way to um or rather excuse me uh, that the the alchemist is looking at base metals as having their own universal spirit and it seems like the way we're sort of using this is a bit differently we're using it as hey these spirits we're acknowledging that they that gold and metals and essentially currency has a spirit and, and by acknowledging this we're we're commanding to the universe um and especially to these spirits um to do as to do our, you know to do our bidding and our will as most things with magic um but i think the i think what we've also discussed is that in, in several different ways, this ritual at its core is also designed to more specifically take out your competition um, by giving you sort of the, the 
uh, internal changes needed for you to start taking action and putting out there to the universe what you want to accomplish. And in, in return, the universe will ensure that any blockages, any sort of anything that relates to um, oppressing you or, or taking you off what you need to do to achieve your goal, um, it seems like these spirits are, are sort of, that, 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 that's just a non-issue in general. So do you guys think that we've covered in, you know, the, in its entirety, do you think we've covered ritual five? I do. Definitely. Yeah. Me too. And just one more thing quick that goes off what you said, um, you know, in the ritual, they say that when you do your visualization to keep it simple and it says, do not spend a whole lot of time visualizing in detail, you know, just pre simply pretend it is one year later and everything is going according to plan. So that also just kind of states that, you know, don't, don't see yourself in specifics, you know, like specifically I'm wealthy because this is what I accomplished, but just feel the wealth in general and the success and the satisfaction in general, um, wherever it stands rather than, you know, specifically in this job or this life or this, whatever, you know, so the book is very good at stating that to you, which is helpful. Great. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. I think we covered it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, ladies, thank you very much. And to the viewer, to the viewers as well, the listeners listening in, thank you very much for giving us the time of day to talk about our experiences as it relates to this book. Um, we'll leave a, uh, a, a link to the book in the description as, as well as the uh, Latin translation in English, but mm -hmm. Farewell for now. Uh, thank you very much for listening and for tuning in. Have a great rest of 2021 wow, and yeah. cheers to 2022. Yes. Cheers. Yeah. Two, two, two. Coming. <laughs> Angel number thank right you. there. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.